Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, good morning. I'm Dan Noon. I'm the CEO of G2 Goldfields, which trades on the uh, TSX venture under the symbol GTWO and on the OTC um, under the book name GUYGF. We're a gold exploration company in Guyana, exploring for high-grade gold mineralisation on the OCO deposit, uh, up to hole 86 and continue drilling. Dan, lovely to have you back. I think we saw you at the end of May, if I'm not mistaken. You've been uh, drilling like crazy since. I wanted to catch up uh, and talk about some of these high-grade uh, intercepts that you're finding. So how, how are you, first of all? Let's start with the pleasantries. Oh, very well, actually. The summer was good to us over here. Lots of good weather. So but back to work now, back downtown Toronto. Good stuff. Okay. Well, look, let, let, let's talk about this because um, you know people are intrigued. Obviously, there are a few people sort of saying, "Well, is Guyana a good district for mining?" I think we discussed that last time out. And in fact, I probably encourage people to watch the last interview, which put a link below because we talked about business plan, strategy, teams, uh, you know, and some of the thinking about what what you're doing and how you're approaching it. So, I want to focus this interview very much on the growth story. Okay, I want to understand why, as an investor, I should be investing in this company. What are you doing to, you know, move this uh, story forward? Given you know your strategy. So, first of all, remind us what your strategy is. Well, the strategy is uh, to build a high-grade um, mineral resource at the Oco project, with the idea that we'll take it to a resource level and possibly PEA, but then get taken out by hopefully a major, or if it's not that size, a mid-tier mining company, but somebody else. So our job as explorers and our job is to show how big this can be as quickly as possible for as little money as possible and as little dilution as possible. Right. So, so that's, that's our management. That's going to excite an end buyer because you're doing the, the hard work for them, but it doesn't seem to be exciting the market. You're kind of moving sideways at the moment. I mean, do you, do you think that people aren't interested or are you putting that down to the pressure on precious metal prices? I, th- I think there's pressure on precious metal prices, but also I think our goal of this last drilling program and moving forward is to uh, show to the market that this will be a mine. So there's one thing to have a discovery and you get a, a bit of a bump when you make the discovery. But when you take it to the stage where people say, that's going to be a mine, that's the next leg up. And that's been the goal of what we've been doing over the last five months and certainly the goal of what we'll be doing between now and Christmas. Okay, so you're doing this, operating this on a very tight budget. I mean, so how many drill bits have we got going? We've got one going currently, but we are adding another one within the next week or two. Right, okay. Okay, so what are you going to be able to do with that? Because obviously we've seen a few nice headlines out here, but um, is it enough? Do you need to be raising more money and doing more of this, get to, get to the finishing line quicker? Well, at the start of this program, we came back after Christmas and said, Okay, we now have a model of, of our mineralization that's striking northeast, says high grade shoots plunging to the southeast. Let's go test that model. So we've gone and tested that, and hence a lot of high grade mineralization. We also found out that we didn't just have one shear, we've now got uh, five for sure, and possibly a sixth. So that came about. Um, so now we're very comfortable with how this mineralization occurred, where it is, and that it's open in all directions. So now I'll say, okay, we can get one rig consistently stepping out slowly, infilling to a point where we can get a resource comfortably all the time, right? And a secondary we can use to start testing further out, further down dip, and then three or four adjacent uh, targets within 500 metres, which we've developed over the last six months by mapping and soil sampling. So we now can say, right, we've got solid work for two rigs, and we know 
what we can do with it. it it's kind of interesting. The, the conversations I'm having with a lot of CEOs at the moment, certainly, certainly within the precious metal space, is that there's not a lot of money around for a variety of, of projects. You've got to be cognizant of that, not just what you're technically doing on the ground, but what the market's telling you. And are you deliberately slowing down or are you saying where you'd always got this plan to work at the scheduled rate? Are you waiting for something to change in the new year? I mean, what was the thinking? Well, I think after last year's drilling, we knew we had this system where we kept hitting, but we didn't quite understand exactly how the geometry was. And so we wanted to go and test that, that model. Now we have it, then we can say, okay, we can comfortably keep stepping down and spike quickly. Can we add the ounces here within the high-grade shoots and also stretch it out along strike? So that's, we're comfortable with that. Uh, the second rig will go back to where we were last year when we had one rig, where it's just start really testing these other targets because we want to add value in the, by generating ounces. Now, money-wise, we've had, um, uh, we've got about $2.2 million in the bank. We've had about one and a half of warrant money exercised in September. There'll be another about um, $0.8 million, uh, exercised by the end of October. They're well in the money warrants. So between now and um, this end of this program, we'll probably spend two million by Christmas, and we'll still have another million by the end of the year. So, at that stage, when we come back next year, we wouldn't. It will either have to raise money or we'd slow down. But currently, we're drilling as as fast as we can that we feel it is appropriate uh, with sensible targeted drilling, which adds value. Okay, so, so what, how how are you focusing on the, the drill beds? You know, you're you're drilling. You seem to be hitting. Which is which is good news. So, how many targets do you have? How successful have you been? And what and this drilling is to, is to what end? Just to get get nearer the the point where you make a decision on putting out a resource, or or, or what? What's the so what moment for me as an investor? Okay, okay. so basically, we would like to think that we could this this program we're commencing with the second rig here will get us to the stage where we have enough drilling to be able to put out an initial resource by the end of the year. Now, whether we have the assays from that drilling by the end of the year is the second question. But basically, this program should get us there. So by the end of this year, early next year, we should have an initial resource out. We don't think we'll have stepped off the mineralisation, but we want to put a resource out which focuses on the high-grade mineralisation and the size of mineralisation that we have and that it's still open and can get bigger. But to give everyone a base level of what this is, uh, we will be targeting really the high-grade in the resource we're not going to go scavenging ounces just for the sake of it because at the end of the day, the real value here is it's such a high-grade resource. Um, you know, whether someone mines the low-grade later, that can be someone else's decision. But here we've got a very high-grade resource and we're targeting drilling that. We seem to understand now what's controlling that and we think by the end of this program at Christmas, we should have enough to be able to put together a solid resource which is high-grade and then shows the potential uh, for this deposit. So, I mean, it's interesting that you're kind of focusing just on the high grade component and sort of leaving a lot on the table, i.e., these lower grade answers, because it's kind of there's an energetic component to this, isn't there? Yes. But at, at the end of the day, when you look at all the great mining districts, and people can talk about Kalgoorlie or they can talk about Malarctic, they go from pits low grade, they were all high grade mines when they started. So, I mean, that's what makes all the money at the start. And that's basically what we have. We have an undrilled district, which we were the first guys to drill. And so you've got all that high grade there at surface. So that is definitely the target. And that's what's going to make all the money for whoever mines this in the early years. 
Okay, so last time I, you had about 73 uh, troll holes. Uh, I think you're up around 89, 90, something like that. 86 now. 86, 86, okay. Um, what more do you know about the structure of, of, of the oil body? What, in terms of what you're saying, you talk about, you know, um, well, what do you know? Well, basically what we know now is that over the, about 900 metres of the main zone to date, we have uh, shear zones with quartz veining striking north-south. Uh, and they repeat, there's five repeats of the shear and possibly a sixth. Within those long uh, linear panels, we have high-grade shoots which are developing, uh, plunging steeply to the southeast, and that's because you've basically folded that plane from north to south. So you've got uh, fold closures where it thickens, fold limbs where it thins. So in the thickest uh, true width we have to date, it's like nine metres going 11 grams. Then on the thin it gets down to about one and a half, two metres, which would be a minimal mining width. So basically that, that varies as you go along these planes. And now we have, especially that's plane three, plane four and five are the same, but we've only drilled them out about half the length today. So we've been doing uh, 80 uh, metre step outs on the shear five was the target. Oh, yeah. so basically, but this is shear three with the most pier points, I think you can see, Matthew. So basically what we see is this panel which runs Northeast. The mineralization has a slight dip of about 20 degrees to the northeast, and that is um, controlled by the actual plane of the F1 folding. And then uh, the second folding, where this plane's been folded, concertinaed, we develop high grade shoots coming down to the southeast. And we'll see a periodicity of this as we march to the northeast until we get to the big fold closure. So we see that in shear three, shear four, and shear five are all high grade. Shear two and shear one tend to be lower grade. So we're focusing on three and four and five. And now we've hit a shear six. We'll get in, uh, target that by drilling through shear five to shear six. So it's all the beauty of shear five. We, we drill through shear three before to get there. Um, and now we're really just stepping back across and drilling five and we'll pop into six as well. As okay. we a little higher up in shear five. Yeah, so uh, I've seen that diagram in, in, the, in the PowerPoint. So it's sort of interesting. I, I kind of, I guess, that then comes back to what do you? I, I get the okay. Well, let, let's let's put out a maiden resource or, or, or you know some indication uh, or initial resource, and then maybe do a, a PEA. But what do you think you're going to need to demonstrate to any potential buyer here? Because high grade is one thing. Amount of contained metal, like the scale of this asset, and give some indication of economics is another. So, won't you get more money by you know taking this through to a PEA rather than just a just a resource? And and from what you're seeing, is that are you more likely to do that? I, I think the the value add here is to grow the resource uh, as much as possible before you put a PEA around it, because the numbers are meaningless if you're still expanding the mineralization. And at the end of the day, the guys at the big companies will sit there and say, just show us how much mineral you've got and show us really with the core and whatever else, and they'll do their own numbers. They don't, they don't need me to tell them how to build a mine. So uh, my job here is to understand the geology, keep building out the high grade, you know, a, a long strike, down plunge, and parallel zones. And when and we are seeing to the south of us, to the northwest and to the east of us, we've hit uh, high-grade mineralisation in our prospecting in the close range to the... Uh, high grade that we have at OCO. So that's what we'll be targeting also with this second rig. It's these satellite zones where we're seeing the same kind of geology with the same kind of grade just cropping out in the creeks. We'll expand that out and see how that goes. But that's another a real another one, another main OCO zone. 
would, would double the potential straight away. So, so, so why, that, why that, are you rushing? We, why are you rushing towards a, a resource estimate by the end of this year? Then, if you're if you're seeing this thing building out and the the grades are you know continue to be good, you're no rush. And but and who wants to put information up you know at the end of the year? I mean, most people are selling. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's you know that is, that is the question we discussion we had last time, and it's a, and we have this discussion internally all the time, and with the analysts, and people want to say. They want to know that they say they can't get the fund managers in until the fund manager sees or they can tell the fund manager that's going to be a mine. So we can put up our long sections, we can do all this, but, you know, we need to get, I mean, nothing wrong with the retail, we like the retail investors and, and they hold our stock there. But if you want to get the fund managers coming in and buying lots of stock, they have to know that this is going to be a mine. They don't know how, have to know how big it's going to be, but they know that it's, they can look at it and some analysts will tell them this will be a mine. And so I think to help that we need to put out an initial resource with the caveat that this is just a start. You see, we're not doing this to show the final size, we're just saying this is the minimum of what we have. have you, I mean, have, you, have you been a yeah, it, it is you know, because you know, timing timing's everything and the, the, the variables change, right? So, uh, I'm just, I'm just wondering that, you know, are you so fixed? And I know you've done it before, so it's it's it, it you know, what you're doing, but. Do you ever think, look at this project and see some of these numbers come back and go, do you know what, this is going to be better than we imagined when we started. We could definitely, definitely extract a lot more value if we can move this thing along. Maybe we just build a team to be able to do that. Why are we rushing to, to selling this thing? I know it worked before, but do we need to now? I don't think it's a rush to sell something, but it's certainly a rush to uh, reduce our cost of capital. Because as you say, as it gets bigger and we have to drill more, then we have to have the institutions in behind it and the analysts saying, yes, this is, this is a good thing because that will raise your share price and reduce your dilution. So, you know, it's definitely we need to get away from just the discovery premium. You look at our competitors in Guyana, you know, there's there's a four or five of them who have market caps of 30 to 40 million. They're on old mining districts or whatever else. Haven't drilled a whole discovery hole yet, but they're around that number. We jumped out of that with our discovery. We're around 60, 65 million. But that's really a discovery premium. It hasn't given us a premium for something that's going to be a mine yet. So we need to, to, to express that to the market and then have the funds come in and buy our stock and push the price up so our cost of capital goes down. So that, that's the theory anyway. So you still can't, we talked last time, the other thing we talked about last time was obviously, you know, how, how many ounces uh, in this resource, you know, you've got to put a number on it, you said it's mul multiple millions, not single. Um, are you getting a better sense of, I know assays are late, et cetera, but you're getting a better sense of the, the scale of what you're going to be able to put out with the resource. I'm, I'm still comfortable with its a multi-million ounce uh, district and, and certainly with some of the stuff we're seeing to the south of us, um, with some of the results coming out there, which is contiguous with us, you start to see this system uh, extend uh, not just out 2.5Ks at OCO, but basically another 25 to 3Ks to the south. So the district itself is, is quite prolific, I think. It's never had a drill hole until we started in 2019. And I think uh, most of the majors, and you see Bristow gave his presentation at SCG last week and with his map of where you find world-class deposits, and Guyana is one of those. Um, basically, it's, it's interest, this district's going to attract a lot of interest because it's not just us now. There's other companies making discoveries there as well. So I think ourselves, yes, I think we're still in that multi-million ounce uh, target range at Okoe. Um, along our trend to the northwest completely, uh, let, oh, I think we'll find a lot more. And to the south of us, obviously, there'll be probably a decent discovery as well. So I think the district itself is starting to 
uh, show how prolific it's going to be. So do you think the market, the way it is at the moment in terms of, you know, most gold, uh, well, precious metals generally is, has been, have been moving down, sliding down, actually surprisingly serve some battery metal companies too. Um, do you think that's going to make the decision for you as to whether you just take it to resource estimate stage or through to PEA, because if you get to January, you're sitting with a million bucks, you've got a choice to make. Either go and raise more money and dilute your shareholders, of which you are major shareholders yourselves, or just hunker down. Stop stop drill one, stop drill two, and uh, wait until the market does something, because at the moment, it's not it's not giving back. Well, that's the million dollar question. That's not the million dollar Literally, question. Literally, in your um, case. <laughs> um, well, it's something we we have to uh, be cognizant of. Um, certainly, like I said, between now and Christmas, we will uh, keep drilling to expand the resource and, and attempt to make discoveries on the outcrop and mineralisation around us. That is a hard, that'll be the discussion to be had in uh, at the end of the year. We'll see how the market is. We don't control that, um, and we'll see where we go. I mean, hopefully, the market does come back for gold. Um, certainly, the price of gold is there. There's no problem there. Uh, it's a source of money for exploration is the question. And we'll see how the market goes. The windows tend to open and close, during, even during boom cycles. So we know where we need to get to and what we need to do. And so if the window does open and there is excitement again about gold, we'll know what we have to raise to get to the next stage. So, and, and that'll be well planned. We, we don't just randomly run on. So the next decision point will be around Christmas about where do we take this. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, I've never got the impression with you that you're, you know, you're one of those companies that promotes numbers and hopes to play the market. I think you're genuinely concerned about building a project which someone will be able to mine at some, at some point. So I've never, I've never felt that, but at the same time, I'm also intrigued by your, your, your thinking about, you know, you're cognizant about what's happening in the market and you will react accordingly. I know you're gonna spend a couple of million bucks between now and Christmas, that's great, some more data. But if, that, if those headlines, if those announcements don't move the market because the market's just not gonna move for anyone, you've, you've, it's a really important decision, it's a really important period for you in terms of not just do we take it to resource estimate stage only and then try and flog it or can we take it to PEA, but how you maximize the value of your um, company for that potential sale at whichever point you decide to sell that, right? So you, you've got to, you know, because again, it's like some companies are, you know, they always speak to lots of geologists and they're like, oh, we've got to get this stuff on the ground, right? We've got to get stuff. From, and they forget about the value creation. But so, you know, what are the options available to you? Well, I think, you know, as we go through the cycles in general, um, we always go when the market's hot, raising capital is the easiest thing because prices are high and people want to put money in. Then we go through phases where, you know, there's the markets are closed, but mining companies are making lots of money and they want to invest, which is always a second choice because they get a foothold. Um, or you can vend it to somebody and take their shares and basically allow someone else to develop it and, and ride up with them. I mean, there's a, it's where, where the capital is in the market during the cycle. I mean, we all like it best when everybody loves gold stocks and the prices are high, but <laughs> that's not always the case, right? And, so, and, and also, as you say, then sometimes you have to say, we're going to slow down here. We're basically going to uh, advance slowly do the low-cost uh, exploration around the mine or around the deposit and wait for a window to open or wait for a transaction to occur with a major company or with somebody else, which adds value to our shareholders. So, like, as you say, you know, we're big shareholders. Um, you know, insiders about 40%. So 
we're not keen to be diluted, but we also understand that you can't just sit there forever and do nothing. But there are other options besides just going to the market and raising money. Okay. Well, like Dan, like, I appreciate the update. And you've got a bit of drilling to do between now and Christmas, a couple million bucks worth. Um, I mean, come back on and talk, talk us through those. I mean, we hope you get more of the same, some nice results recently. Um, obviously, the targeting's going well. Um, thanks for coming back. Thank you, Matthew. And uh, definitely we'll come back at Christmas and uh, we should know more about the deposit and uh, it should be a bit bigger, I'd say. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.